And so in that way, I've been able to navigate these, these very, very interesting waters that I'm in uh, as an artist and as an art historian. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. We know that your art practice won't look like everybody else's. We're all different, and we need to take different paths to get to the success that we want, to make the work that we want. Today's guest, Dr. Iman Emese, his art practice pairs with and is dependent on his art history practice. This is a great conversation because we get to highlight how doing your own thing is so important. Following your own artistic intuition will work for you in the long run. Iman talks about his teaching. He's an associate professor of art and art history at Westfield State University in Massachusetts. He talks about his relationship with art history from high school all the way to Yale University, where he got his master's and his PhD, and how he stayed committed to his drawings the whole time. It's good stuff. Like always, always bring out this good stuff on the podcast. Go to the podcast website, studionoisepodcast.com. For different ways to support the show, you can buy a t-shirt or join the Studio Noise Patreon like Coco Harris. Thank you, Coco. I appreciate you. You keep the show going, and there's nothing better than when you pledge me your hard-earned money (laughs) to support the podcast. I mean, listen, this is episode 120, right? If you count all the special episodes and everything else we did, it's over 150 episodes of the Studio Noise podcast just for you. This is why I do it. So you all can get out there and be inspired so you can hear from all the artists that you want to know that you need to know. That's the service that I give. So every little bit that you give to support that, you know, I definitely appreciate you. So big shout out to Coco and all the other supporters of the podcast. And so I do it all for you, <laughs> whether, you whether you ask for it, <laughs> whether you ask for it or not, I do it all for you, believe me. And so make sure you check us out. Keep supporting us. And right now, if you really want to go the extra mile, just think of two names. Give me two names right on the top of your list. Go ahead, send them an email. Put the link for this episode in the email. Tell them it's the noise, baby. It's the best black art podcast on all of the internets. And we are here back next with Dr. Iman Insay Email talking about a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of good stuff on the noise, baby. We'll be back right after the break with Iman. Hi, I'm Janelle Logan, Creative Director at McCall Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you're listening to Studio Noise. All right, it's your boy, Jay Barber, back with more Studio Noise. Talk to my man, Dr. Ima Insay Ime. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Wonderful, wonderful to be on, man. Thank you. That's what's up, man. So Dr. Ima is a scholar. He's an artist. Um, you do all types of stuff, man. Tell the people what you do, man, right quick. Um, uh, yeah, I'm all kind of all over the place. It's it's been a little confusing for everyone involved. Um, I I, uh, I, I draw primarily. I, I paint because I have to. Um, mm. At the sizes I work, it's very hard to it's very hard to communicate what I'm trying to communicate with um, with drawing materials. So paint makes things faster and more voluminous, depending on you know what I'm going for at the size that I'm going for. So I, I don't I don't say I'm a painter. I I usually say that I, I, I like to draw. I'm a professor of art and art history at at a small state school in Western Massachusetts, um, Westfield State University, and um, I've been there since 2009. I feel extremely extremely blessed uh, in my capacity uh, 
there as an art historian, my degrees, all of my degrees, all of my collegiate degrees, graduate level, everything is art history. So I'm a trained, trained by the Ivy League <laughs> art historian. I don't think I behave like an art historian. Um, I, a good art historian would have, you know, on my track, my career track would have maybe book number five mm, being developed right. and, and um, you know, article this and this exhibit. And, and um, I mean, I do stuff. But I, I, I just, you know, I get, I still get excited over a, over a ream of, of, of printer paper because of what I can draw on it. You know what I mean? So that, that's yeah. never gone away. So I, um, I came to, I came to art history, um, as an artist and that has never gone away. And so, um, but I'm also part musician. Um, I'm, I write. Uh, so there are a lot of, uh, things that kind of, you know, orbit around, um, around, around, and they kind of come together and, and help me create the things that I create. I think that they're all connected. I don't believe I'm ever going to, you know, have a live performance at, you know, Carnegie Hall as a vocalist. All right. But I do believe that what I do as a vocal musician is in every way, um, connected to what I'm doing as a visual artist now, um, and, and so on and so forth with the various things that I do. So that is, uh, that's how I see myself in um, this universe of, of art making and creativity. And I'm looking forward to uh, kind of discovering my voice more in the coming years. I feel like my confidence as an artist has always been there, but because of my because of my ties to these institutions, Yale, Columbia, my current institution, various institutions, you, I'm an institutionalized artist in many ways, even though I didn't go there as a visual artist. Right. And, um, and once you're institutionalized, while there are a lot of benefits that come from being attached to institutions, once you've been institutionalized, the the weight of that word, which is usually not a not a not in a positive way, mm-hmm. the weight of that word, you wear it, and you begin to doubt yourself, and you begin to question, and you begin to wonder. And so I I feel like now you know in I just in 41, I'm I feel like I'm just now rediscovering my voice, the voice that I had when I was a teenager as an artist. I'm realizing once again I can. I can do anything in art that I want to, because that's what I was designed to do. It's taken me, it's taken some years after the institutions to um, kind of unlearn everything that they tried to wrap around me and become a little more free. And I think that's beginning to happen in my work. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that, that's a that's quite an intro. <laughs> but no, uh, but I but I like a lot of stuff that you say, and I'm I'm a I'm a piece of the part probably as we talk into our conversation. Uh, yeah. I want to start kind of at the part where you were talking about teaching, and I know you posted this uh, the other day that I saw, and I wanted to bring it up to to get because I think it plays like right into what you were just saying right now about being institutional, right? You said we are not about to discuss the progression of African-American and African diaspora art through the 19th and 20th centuries without also addressing the history of white violence in the U.S. and Africa. Like like you po- you posted that like, yo, this is for sure what's going to happen. Like we're going to have a true yeah. examination. And I think yeah. that's a, a much different approach, especially when you know that you're being institutionalized in the way you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Right, you mm-hmm. know I that do, you're being fed. Yeah, yeah you know you're being yeah, fed yeah. this information, and it's kind of up to people like you to combat it and give people like a true understanding going forward. Like, tell me about yeah. that. Well, I'm 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 aware that I'm aware that I have student stalkers because um, I you know, <laughs> you know we all we all Facebook stalk a little. We all Facebook stalk a little. You know, you know I'm aware students students can find their professors online. It's very I'm very locatable i don't hide you know and my views are very you know um observable 
very easily observable my views, my politics, and I don't hide when I'm in the middle of a class either. I, I teach at a predominantly white school, uh, predominantly white institution. You know, we, you and I, we call them PWIs. A lot of people don't know that terminology, but you know, when you're at a PWI as a as a a large young black man, relatively young, relatively large, you know, you you you're you become you're you're constantly aware. Um, not just of who you are, but of who your audience is. And you can very easily become the black spectacle. I mm. no longer care about, I don't care if I'm the black spectacle anymore. Because, uh, because that, because I, I, I realize that, I realize that suppressing any part of my being, um, uh, in order to make others feel comfortable about the space that they're in, um, just for that purpose, it's killing. It's it's part of being institutionalized again, and I feel like I've done just too much of that, you know. And so my I um I don't I'm not just a professor at Westfield State. I have tenure at Westfield State. I'm not saying that means you you know walk around you know unshowered and unshaved and just act stupid. But, <laughs> do whatever you, you want to do. Yeah. No, but no, but with tenure comes the bully pulpit. You have that's part of what you've worked so hard for, and right now. We battle lines have been drawn. There mm. is no, there is no, there is no critical race theory attack on America right now. There is not. It's a, it's a phantom thing that was brought up and is right. taken that is taken on traction because white folks who should know better and many who do know better don't want to talk about the white race that caused the January 6th insurrection. That's what this is. You you are trying to bury a recent history, a recent event, with this falsification of history. It, it's yeah. ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You want to turn the page on what just happened. And you want to turn that page by saying you're not allowed to talk about things that are anti white, that are that are anti that they don't that don't explain, you know, uh history from the standpoint, the truthful standpoint of white, you know, um, of white governed oppression of black people. You mm -hmm. want us to turn this page and at the same time, you want us to turn this page by battling a ghost that you created, that black people are coming to take over the universe. It's the most ridiculous, insane thing I've ever heard. And yeah. so for every, for every, dusting, dusting of, 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 uh, of white students I've had over the years that I've taught since 2009. It's just been a minor dusting of students who have said, you know, this is kind of, this is heavy stuff. I didn't realize, you know, look, I took African-American art. I thought we we're going to be looking at drums and stuff. I'm like, well, I bet you that's what you got. You know, for every dusting that I've had of students like that, I am now very aware of the fact that we are entering a new phase right now in the fall. That post was not a joke post. We're entering a phase in the fall where professors are already arming themselves. Like, what should I do? Mm. Should I take this book out of my syllabus? Because Tucker Carlson is whipping up a frenzy among, you know, a, a well-meaning white people who just don't want to feel uncomfortable. And so, no. That's not going to fly in my classroom. So, and that, and that's 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 the reality, you know. As a professor, you know what the Lord has done is He has given me, He's given me, and I think it's an amazing thing that He's done this. He's given me a platform, and He's given me custody over the minds of this next generation of students, this next generation of people, you know, white, black, whatever they are. I, I'm their custodian for a semester in my class. No, they're going to learn this history or they can yeah. leave the class or yeah. they can fail the class if they have a problem with that. And so that, that, and the, so that, that is from that standpoint that, that, um, that, 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 that post was made, but that's a very, very honest post. I try not to use anymore. I've been trying over the pandemic. It's easy to do this because Facebook and Twitter and other these social media platforms are created in such a way where we're all bloggers, we're all bloggers, right? And mm -hmm. you can um you can it's stream of conscious. You just 
pick out your thumbs and every one of us who's a little bit intelligent has posted something or almost posted in, written something and then deleted the whole thing, knowing it's not writing it was yeah. the exercise, right? Yeah. I'm trying to govern my posts in such a way that what I post, it means something. That post was not a false post. That was not a fake post. I stand by it. I'm probably going to get questioned someone on my campus by it. I'm okay with that. I stand by that. And that is what tenure allows. It allows a certain amount of truthfulness to be to be expressed. And that is a reality that 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 that, that myself and a lot of other professors of color who are at PWIs, we're gonna be dealing with this. This is our reality now, a phantom, a ghost that we're all battling because on uh, because a major news channel and a bunch of Republicans and a bunch of Trump supporters are telling us that this ghost is real. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And I think in a, in a way, um, and I just finished graduate school and I know I've had a lot of, of conversations with other artists seeking their MFAs and in a way that's also the same struggle that we fought as graduate students, just Boy. being an academia, right? Just taking on that that fight and having to prove yourself, prove the worth of black artists uh, the whole time, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like even bringing in when I teach my drawing classes, I always bring in all my examples are from black artists. And my argument is the black artist that I'm showing you doesn't bring down a curriculum at all. You know, like what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? Like it's only that it's only that they don't know them and they're not traditionally accepted as mm -hmm. these are the masters, right? The quote unquote <laughs> masters of who we're supposed to look at. So it's all always you have to always challenge that narrative just to exist. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Where you are. I, I, people probably don't realize. I mean, it, it. You know, you probably have different circles of friends and people who follow your work, um, Jay, and um, and you probably have an entire circle or two of people who see you posting big MFA thesis, they're excited, they're just excited for you, but they have no idea what you've been through. Mm -hmm. Like 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 you need therapy after that. <laughs> yeah. They have no yeah. idea. They're like, no, you don't understand. I know you, you don't I, you don't necessarily see me wearing the t-shirt, standing on the street court, <laughs> you know, the court getting beaten by cops, but you have no idea what I've been through in these crits, in mm -hmm. these critiques, that I, I don't have an MFA. But while I was in Yale, I sat in with some of the, I would have some of, these, some of the students there, they're all doing big things now, it's so funny. But some of the students there, when I was there, you know, it's like, we would, some of us would go in groups, like, no, <laughs> because I know, I know they're going to be on something today. I yeah. know they're going to be on something today, you know? Yeah. And so we go to the crit and just listen, listen to, again, well-meaning white folk just say the most asinine things about black and brown, the black and brown artists and their work that it is. Just a remarkable thing. So they don't know. They don't know what you've been through. They definitely don't know what I've been through as a PhD from Yale. Um, doing I can imagine, art. yeah. So it's so it's uh, anyway. So we can we can go back and forth about that and you know share battle wounds and all that stuff because <laughs> it is a, it is a real thing. But this idea that going through these kinds of systems, these institutions, um, requires a certain kind of healing and therapy at the end. Um, mm -hmm. I, I even just having the conversation like this can be that it can be therapeutic. Um, and I don't know, again, I don't know if people fully grasp it. I think everybody has, um, uh, those of us who enter academia, whether in business school or law school, we get it from different angles. I don't think people understand what visual artists go through. Um, you know, before, before they're in the galleries, before they're in the museums before they're in major collections, the amount, um, the beating and the restructuring that this institution has done to you, and then you having to undo that and rediscover your voice. Right. Amazing right. stuff. And still, and also, like yourself, what I see, is make room for other people to come through and maybe not have to do the same thing. Like, you know, yeah. like if, you can, if I can take your struggle from a, from a nine to a seven, like, that's as, that's about as far as I can go. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's just me and my power. 
So, <laughs> right. so, it's, so it's always a, and I find us, we are constantly engaged in that, that kind of, of reaching out to other people. Like you said, you did it, like people requesting you to come into the crits, me going and being sought out by other black students that's on yes. campus, like yes. looking for like, yo, you are a grad student here. You have right. some kind of authority and official title. Like, right. like I need you to engage with me because right. you right, do it right, in right. a different way. Like that's that's not um, so much. You don't want to be in resistance all the time while you're doing your work. No, you know what I'm saying? Like no. sometimes you just want to be with the work and conversate with people that you don't have to have a 45 minute conversation explaining yeah. like the history of blackness uh, to somebody yeah. and the feeling to just to just to get by what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I think it, I think it, everything you said. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you got your, your doctorate from art history, man. Tell me what's your, how did you get into art history and like what fascinated wow. you about it? Well, I went to the high school of art and design in New York city. Uh, I graduated in 1998 and I, uh, my major, uh, in my major in, while I was there, I started, I, I, my major was fashion design. Let me explain. Fashion illustration. Let me explain. I was always interested in drawing the figure. Um, art and design high school. I'm a proud graduate of art and design high school. Uh, great school. Amazing people have come through there. And um, they had different majors you could select. I chose fashion illustration because the teacher who was teaching that class, um, he did the most magnificent oil painting. Wow. He, he was just such an amazing artist. What was the name? It, um, David Pactor. David okay. Pactor. Um, he, um, he did copies. He'll, he did copies of like Rubens and everything. Like he just, he, he, he's amazing at what he did. And so I'm like, I don't care what you can do. or 
asymmetrical. That's what makes it beautiful. And and so mm. by the time I got to Yale, I I just I was all I was like ah you know I just wanted to do more <laughs> research you know. And so unlike most students who enter PhD programs, um, master's PhD programs, I was all over the place. But they saw some talent there. They were like, okay, we're gonna we'll rein them in, you know. And they did rein me in, and they um uh they I ended up studying um. The history of my culture, um, the uh, Ibibio people. Um, I looked at a woman's initiation ritual um, known as Mboko, um, which is characterized largely by the seclusion and fattening of women prior mm. to marriage. My mom hadn't gone through this ritual, but my grandmother had. And we had, it was tied to our family in different ways. And so my project at Yale really turned into this self-discovery and my language and traveling back to Nigeria and interviewing my cousins. It was just really, really, really interesting. It was wonderful. And while I was there, yeah. I was working on all my artwork as well. And so that's really how these things came together. I never, and at, there was no point where I stopped working on art. It's just all of those things ended up being braided together um, as I was developing my dissertation. I was working on these large images that had bits and pieces of my dissertation in them and writing, and it was crazy stuff, you know? And so I feel like I've spent a lot of years not trying to be an artist while doing other stuff. The right. being an artist part was never a question. I was good at, I'm an artist. I didn't need a degree to tell me that, you know? Um, I, I spent a lot of years trying to find my voice mm. and then trying to figure out how in any given moment something, how it mattered and why. And, and I, it, I, I feel like I may be coming into a place where I have a better understanding of that now, but I still feel very young. I feel like a very young artist. And maybe that's because I haven't, you know, you've just gone through an MFA program. I don't know if there's a certain kind of rigor or um, a certain kind of something they put you through that made you in a very in a very focused way question your identity as an artist right. maybe in a way that i've been doing it long span um, but i feel like i'm just arriving at an understanding of what i do and why and what i care about and also um the part of the deinstitutionalizing of myself has been realizing that the, the quirks in my work that tend to aggravate me are the very things in my work that make my work my work. Right. <laughs> and I'm beginning to yeah. just embrace those things. I'm like, you know, th this is just how I do a head. I don't know why, but this is how <laughs> the face is formed. And right. I can yeah. look at a photograph, I can study it, I know how to draw photographically if I had to, but why? It's a, it's a photograph, yeah. I'm not doing that. So that's how my heads look. That's what they look like. And accepting that, accepting that's how my hands, when I draw them, that's what they look like. Accepting all of these things as part of my signature, I think the acceptance of my personal signature inscribed onto the air around me, um, the acceptance of that is possibly my biggest step in the last five years. Um, being okay with something looking like my work and um, with all of its quirks and all of its instabilities and all of its incompleteness, being okay with that, um, that, that, that I feel is, 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 is where I am now. And I feel like in many ways, I have to credit the history of art and the study of art and aesthetics alongside the making of art to bringing me to this place. I think it's an interesting way of looking at one, one of the key things about the MFA um, program is it helps you build your practice, right? Uh, but it doesn't give you direction on what your practice should look like. And so oh. I think that's what, that's what you are doing differently in, in ways you're building. What's so interesting about it is that it is a more history-based, academic research-based practice. Like yeah. that's the foundation inspiration for all the other things that come out of it. Like you wouldn't get the same ideas unless you were researching Right, yeah, if you would just yeah, go around yeah. playing basketball, like you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't arrive at the same conclusion. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So I think, yeah, so yeah. I think, I think it's very interesting how that's 
sort of the foundation of of what you do yeah yeah it's it's been an interesting ride i guess and um uh and, and i and i and i do wonder every time i wonder because i have these moments where i have these moments this happens i think every three years it's happening it's taking longer now for it to happen this time where i'm like oh god i gotta go get my mfa I got to drop everything. I got to. So the deeper I get into like my life as an adult, the more ridiculous it sounds, you know. But but I have these moments where I'm like, okay, I start. I go online. I start looking up MFA programs. Like, all right, I could probably do that. I could okay. I could probably do a night school here. I could do like I'm looking into it because there's some part of me that feels like I missed something. Like right. I missed something. But all of these years, I think about it. I'm just like, no, I. I feel, I don't know how I would have done the MFA given the way my brain works. I think I needed the slow burn of right. sitting in the stacks at Columbia, sitting in the stacks at Yale, going through old, old books that were published in, you know, 1906 and 1895. And, you know, I needed that experience as I was just working on the art. Mm. You know, I don't know if, jumping into an MFA program would have been good for me. I think that this was the way I was supposed to develop. Yeah. That yeah. being said, probably in about 13 months, I'm going to get on the computer down the way. <laughs> I wonder, you know, this is, nothing's working. It'll be, it'll be right after I start a drawing that isn't going well. You know, I mean, yeah. oh, man, yeah. what's the point of this? You know, you, you know, I've always thrown my brushes away. I've gathered everything up. It's it. I'm getting rid of it, you know. And then I come back the next day. I'm like, all right, so we, we eat this turkey sandwich. Yeah. We get to work, you know. So, <laughs> you know the feeling, man. You know. I know oh, you yeah. did that, too. Oh, it's, yeah. It's you get in that, that moment of... That moment of desperation, yo, you just didn't need an answer. Just give me something. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> true, I feel you. I feel you. This is Vanessa German, citizen artist. You are listening to Studio Noise. So, so tell me about how your drawings were manifesting while you were going through all this program. You say you kept it up. Like, what what did that look like exactly? I I just it it, it I made time for it. I made space for it when I would uh, uh, while I was at Columbia University. I made sure I had housing that uh, had a large living room with other people living in the spaces, and and I would use the living room as my studio. Nobody ever questioned it. It was just it was just like. Yeah, we got a live-in artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah. messy, you know. I wasn't messy, and you know, um, I, I, you know, I. It's I, like, I, hey, girl, I, that's Iman. That's Iman. He draws. Don't worry about that's that. It, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Nobody. It was great, you know. And um, and the ones who were smart hung around when I was in a bad mood or in a bad place artistically, because that's when I started getting rid of pieces. I'm like, I'm, mm. I would throw stuff away. I would literally repaint or, and and the smart ones snatched it like so can I have that? So I have there they're like groups of people around the United States right now who have like I mean I could I could hold a retrospective. They have like serious work, like some of these are big pieces. Wow. They have that. They're taking pictures and sending them to me. I'm like, no, that's I was like nineteen when I did that, you know? So yeah, so there's that. And then um when I when I got to Yale, I uh I um I, every time I had an apartment somewhere, you know, I made sure that it, it was a two bedroom, you know, or if it was a one bedroom, I used one of the rooms as a studio space. There was always an understanding that I needed space mm. to work, you know, and so that that was I kept it up that way. I uh, I just never stopped working. I was always doing double work. There was hmm. like articles I had to read and things I had to write. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I had to get the artwork done. So I, I don't feel like I ever missed a beat. I just, I've spent most of my life feeling like I'm running behind. Hmm. <laughs> like there's something that's supposed to be happening right now. And I've, I've, I've spent many, many years feeling like I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm, I can't rest, right. you know, um, because I feel like I've been doing too twice the work at any given time. I, I wouldn't have it any other way though, because those things have fed 
me. As a professor of art history, the very things I've been researching to teach my classes have ended up bringing me into projects. And so I'm like, yeah. oh, shoot, this is insane. I wonder, I wonder, if, I feel like there, there should be an artist that has something to say, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and, then, you know, and so I work on the class and I'm like, hey guys, like, this is really cool for you to have to discover, you know, while I was putting this stuff together for class, you know, this is thing I'm working on. And so my students have had a chance to, to some of my students have had the opportunity to see projects from their in, from their inception to their completion. Mm. So like so the students who continue to follow me, those students who were my they were those students who took one of my one or two or all of my classes, you know, they are true believers. A lot of them. They are such lovely people and um and they, they still follow my work. They're like, Oh, I remember when you just started that project. They don't know what you were going through. <laughs> you remember in class when you said da 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 crazy, you know? Uh so in that way it's always it's kept going. Um, and that way it's kept going. It just hasn't stopped. Uh, I, I have been very fortunate to, um, to, to have friends, I mean, mostly over social media, um, but, but other, other African artists, um, I mean, other artists, I have friends from, from all walks of life, but I'm bringing these up for a reason. Um, certain artists like, um, Victor Ekbuk, you've probably seen his work before, um, Moyo. Oh yeah, I love um, his work. Okay, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Right, right. And so these yeah. are people who, um, one's escaping me right now. Um, his name's completely escaping me, but he's very important as well. But these are people who have encouraged me to, um, hold on to this too, this double, this double energy that I have. They're like, Hey, you can write, you can, you can do the interpreting and you can do the art. That, that's a great thing. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't be upset about that. I think it was Moyo Okereji who's like, why are you complaining? <laughs> he's like, he's like, so, he's like, when you want to write a paper or a book, you sit down and you write a paper or a book. Yeah, that's you know, it. Victor, yeah, Victor Ekbuk had a big, um, a big book that was just um came out about him and his amazing work, just a large book. And yeah, um, I tried to get one. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, yeah. You got to message him directly. You'll, yeah. you'll make sure you get one. If he knows you want one, you'll make sure you get one. You know, but um, what a lovely individual. Um. And he tapped me to write an essay um, nice. uh, about his work because I'd written a smaller essay. I'd written about his work for my dissertation and shared it with him because I'd interviewed him for that for that chapter where he appears. And he's like, could you write an essay for this book? And I was like, could I? You know, so I turned off all the art making part of me, just went away. And I set everything up. And just like that, I was a writer. And when I say <laughs> it made the most, it was the, it was the most, it was, it just flowed like butter. There was not even a, a it was no issue. I, I just, I took a picture of my setup and I'm like, Hey, I guess I'm a writer again, you know? <laughs> and, and I dove in a deep dive, you know, wow. and it felt perfect. And so in that way, I've been able to navigate these, these very, very interesting waters that I'm in. Uh, as an artist and as an art historian. Yeah, I love that. Sorry if you're getting a little bit of noise from the background. It's um, I, my, my studio. I'm in my studio. In my studio, I'm right by the window, and it's a very busy street. Oh, and, um, good. It's a city called Holyoke. So if you're hearing people <laughs> outside Holyoking, motorcycles, and, you know, so, yeah, anyway. So. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the noise, man. That's the studio noise right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's oh, it right there. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. You'd you be surprised, man. We we don't been to people's houses. They were getting construction done in the back. Like, you know, hey, man, we got to sit down and talk. Let's talk about I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what was the fascination with drawing? Because, I mean, with, I mean, honestly, your skill level in, in draftsmanship, right? You could easily have transitioned into oil painting or like whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the next yeah. quote unquote step is yeah, like, yeah, in the yeah, art making yeah. process, right? Like, but why did you stick with drawing and like be dedicated to it? I just never gave anything else a chance. And so, so, so I, I'm trying to remember if in high school I had the opportunity to be, to be a painter at all. I just never, it was, it was scary to me. I think I tried paint in, in high school on my own. 
Um, I went to the Art Students League in New York City as well for just a very short season um, while I was in high school. I, I just didn't enjoy myself there. Mm. As a, I, I've tried three stints at the Art Students League to, at, to be a painter. Uh, no, three stints, to, two of them to be a painter, um, to, to study under a painter, and it just didn't work out well. Um, the, the energy just wasn't right. I felt like I was mm. stifled. It was just an awful space to be in at that time. Um, my first stint was as a, as a draftsman, as, a, as, a, as, a, as someone who draws, and I was 13 years old, and it went really, really well until the teacher found out I was 13 years old. And uh, <laughs> the teacher, <laughs> Bill Palumbo, I don't know if he's still alive. God, that man, that man had a heart attack and almost, it almost threw me out. He was like, you have to get out of here. I was like, no, I've been behaving. I've been behaving. He's like, yeah, you didn't even know I was 13. He goes, anyway, 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 anyway. So why, why draw? Um, I think I've fallen in love with what lines do. Mm. I don't remember when that happened or who the 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 team of people that made that happen i don't know what i saw i've always liked leonardo da vinci's drawings and sketches more than his finished works but mm. of course i like a lot of leonardo da vinci stuff because a lot of them appear a little unfinished you know like mm, i mean there's yeah. there, there's the finished yeah. quality you want you know but then yeah. there's the stuff that's that's like that's just dope, you know. It's like it's like yeah. it's like is that dope? Is that his finish? You know, I, I love that stuff, man. And, and 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 I love Rembrandt in that way too. So even Rembrandt, uh, Rembrandt's the works I love from him the most are the ones where it's more of like a it's more like an oil painting. Um, what do they call it? Underpainting, right? Mm. In the in the the, the burnt umbers and the ultramarine blues and then he just splashes you know he's got all those large large chested women he just splashes <laughs> the splashes the peaches and all that you know and see, the, the women look like they're dancing their bodies are are aflame with 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 rouges and 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 whites and, and i'm like is this a painting it looks like the man was just playing around like he was drawing with them now now the same thing can be said about Sargent. There are a number of, 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 of artists who, um, who I, I enjoy, I've enjoyed as an art historian, as a budding artist, or notice all the ones I've brought up so far are, are very white. Um, <laughs> they, they, but but I, the, the way they, play, even, the, even though they're painters, it is the, the draftsman quality of their work there yeah. um, that, that excites me because I think that somewhere inside of the, inside of the works that are kind of being drafted, developed with line, I think that there's a possibility for them to go in many places. And right. I think once the painting is kind of concretized and complete and I, I feel I feel like I've associated painting with the completed final work. Mm. And I feel like you've now trapped that work into that exact position. There's something about lines, especially lines that are skillfully laid out, um, that can suggest movement without producing the movement and right. make your mind go to places. A line can do that. Like, like we follow lines every day. Like we literally, that line will tell you to stay, keep your car on one side or another. Lines can be instructional. They can be directive, you know? And so when you find a way to communicate that way with visual art, damn, you can, you can make somebody do anything. You can make anyone do anything. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I want no, you to look true. at that tree. I want you to look at that tree. Now you can do that with paint as well. You know that. You can use color and you can use, you know, um, value and all those other things. I know you can do this with paint as well. I just think there's something about the line that is uh, primal in a way, um, and it's honest. Mm. And um, and I think I think that's why I care about them. You know, uh, I think that's why I care about them. And so for me, I, 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 there's so many. I'm looking around in my studio now. There are all of these works that really could have been done by now, but the 
the big worry for me is like, to what degree should I lose this amazing line work in favor of a painting that on Instagram (laughs) will make people excited and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, a big painting, you know? And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah." That girl looks like a girl. Like, oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. But you didn't see that. You don't see. You you can't. the, The picture isn't capturing all of the lines that are in the thumb. And that's the most exciting part of this, like the lines in the thumb that you can't see because my phone's not great enough to take that kind of picture from Instagram. And even if I posted that, you wouldn't care about it because you don't care about yeah, you wouldn't you get it. See, yeah, you wouldn't get it. Or be yeah. a big chocolate person, you know, on on the canvas, which I can give you, you know. And so, it, it I, remind, you know, that reminds me of that reminds me of how they start X-raying um, these old masters' work, and they start yeah. revealing like all the stuff that's underneath it, like it was yeah. like. I, what piece was it? It was like a horse, but the horse leg moved in several instances when the artist drew each movement, but only painted one of them. So when they that's, x-rayed it, you can see all that underdrawn in it. Like that made the drawing more, that actually made the paint more exciting. <laughs> was it a good uh, Yeah, I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that. Cause it, oh I'm going to find that. Because it was... I forget which one it was, but I, I can find I, it. But it was wonder, one of those I, old masters. I, I wonder if it's what the person, because if, if that person was like me, or let me put my gut, if that person was like me, how dare I? <laughs> if, I, if, I if, 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 if I'm anything like that person, no, no, if that person was like me is the right way to say this. Let's just keep it that way. But understand that I'm not a narcissist. All right, in that regard, I am, but I'm not. If that person was like me, see, I've drawn 50 arms in order to lock in on the arm that I really want. You know what I mean? I'll draw like five hands. I'm like, yeah. oh man, you know, all these hands could work. All right, I'll choose this one. You know, but <laughs> my, the difference with my work, with my drawings and, and, and some of the people's work, is I'll just keep the other five hands there. Don't just be in the background, you know what I mean? Right. You know, but with paint, now it's like, okay, Ma, now that you've selected the hand, you have to take away your specialized. I'm like, that's yeah, you gotta, you gotta finish it. Yeah, you gotta yeah, finish it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for reminding. You know, I'm just, I'm throwing away all these paintings. I'm just gonna draw. Them. <laughs> 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 thanks, thanks for reminding me, man. I told you, man. This is therapy. Studio noise. This is studio noise therapy. Thank you. Yeah, nah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> another thing that I find like so fascinating is the ideas and like how solid your concepts are behind a lot of the work you're doing. Now, I heard you talk about on another podcast you was on, Mission Control, yeah. give, give him a shout out. Yeah. Right. Yes, um, yeah, you were talking about yeah. when you talk about benediction and like, I, 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 I know I read it, but when you said it, what benediction was about, it hit different. Right. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about, about benediction in this whole series. Benediction. Um, there's this, so right now, if you entered my studio, there are these large scale um, images of 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 black men um, that are that I I I decided a while ago are angelic beings. They are larger than life. They are huge. Um, some are drawn. Um, some are painted. And some are listening to the ground. Um, some look like they're falling from the air. And the series took on a name it, uh, the name came right around um right around uh i want to say the name came right d- during the pandemic right around the time george floyd was um was was murdered actually more like around the time ahmad arbery was murdered um it's amazing how ahmad arbery's murder was such a big deal um, in our in our conscious until George Floyd happened, you know. Mm, um, but um, yeah, I, I, right. but uh, it's it's a it's just a strange thing. But uh, I, I was working on this. I'm working on this project, and I think the the cover, the darkness of the pandemic, and the elucidation of all of the traumas um, that the the, the 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 cloud of the pandemic highlighted. It elucidated all of these traumas that have existed um, for such a long time in our communities in such a way that the whole world could see them. And for me, 
for me, these 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 large um sorry for me for me these large figures uh represented a a group of uh, uh a group of angels that have been cast down from heaven by the lord okay um cast down to earth for a season for the sole purpose of bearing witness Standing as witnesses to the things that that black men, black women, black children are are dealing with in their lives on a day to day, and reporting that information back to the Lord directly. Now, you would say, or someone would say, or could ask, isn't that what a prayer is for? Isn't that what a prayer is for? You pray, right? You don't need a I mean, Jesus died. If you're a Christian and you believe this, Jesus died, and you don't need—he is the, the the divine intercessor now. Um, but this series is being made out of a kind of desperation that I haven't felt before, and so it's like, no, we've been praying, we've been praying. I need heaven to come here and see. Mm-hmm. what we've been screaming about. Send your best here and bind them to the skins of boys and black men so that they walk the earth as such and not only stand as witnesses, but they become the downtrodden too. So they can really tell you exactly what's been happening. And that's the project. Now, the project was born out of um, something else that I'd been working on um, that was uh, that, that was my response to some racist, major racist activity that had happened on my campus, and 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 this project was birthed from that. Um, I, I well, just, what was the incident? Oh, the oh the incident. This happened um, shortly after Donald Trump um, became president. Um, uh, this was in 2017. This was in September of 2017. So Trump had been president for about six months. Or so, mm-hmm. and um, and you'll remember right before that, um, this is in August, was when Charlottesville, the Charlottesville um, catastrophe, uh, happened with the Unite the Right rally, and um, and Heather Hare was killed, and two yeah. officers, people keep forgetting this, two officers died in that in a helicopter crash. Like people mm. died. Yeah, yeah. People died, and so so there was that. Um, that incident happened. Um, in my church, white folk were going crazy. I don't go to that church anymore. White folks were going crazy in that church. One person posted a noose to his Facebook page. And, wow. um, and, and uh, it's just, so by the time I got back to campus that fall, um, racist messages uh, were written on the dorms of um, black students, black females. Um, you know, you know, the, the, the regular old, you know, because because we're still in the 1940s. Niggers live here. <laughs> Niggers go home. In my mind, I'm like, can y'all be a little more creative? It's like, you know, it's nah, like, yeah, it's like, it's taught in a history now. book, yeah. I, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's so repetitively hackneyed. It's like, come up with something else, you know, but still, you know, that's yeah. a terrifying thing when you're, when you're a student at a, at a school that, that your dorm is your home. You know, yeah. and so for that, so so racist incidents, rape, rape threats were written on black girls' doors, like bomb threats. It was like wow. crazy stuff. Now you should know for for context, this wasn't just happening at my school. If you go and do a little bit of digging up around that time, the fall of 2017, and I will absolutely say this is connected to Donald Trump and his embrace of white supremacy and 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 and, 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 and Far right, you know, um, uh, seditionists, we can call them that now. Um, yeah. There was a spike in this kind of activity throughout the United States. Throughout the United States, school after school after school was reporting death threats, rape threats, bomb threats. White people were angry and they had it up to here and they wanted the niggers to know. <laughs> so, so, so for me, 
you know, I wasn't going to go on a protest. I wasn't going to, you know, I, I ignored SAC staff and all the things that were happening on there, changed the curriculum. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I decided to do a project on campus that looked at the, um, the life and death of Trayvon Martin and other boys that had been killed in the manner that he had. Um, it was a public art project um, without going into too much detail. It was very dramatic. It ended extremely dramatically. And from that project, the seeds of that project brought us benediction. So I've been wow. working on benediction. I've been working on this. Pro- I wasn't sure what it was. And then right when the pandemic hit, I had an understanding. Um, I think it was into 2019, into 2020. I knew the title of the project, but it came really, 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 it became concrete right. after Amar Arbery was shot. I was like, I'm done. Mm. Done. And you know, the thing that got me about this whole period, um, as an artist, as a black man, as a Christian, uh, what got me was, it, you know, it's when there's so much buzzing around, when the world was open and there was a, a lot going on and, you know, noise and Twitter and Trump and everything was going on, you know, it was easy to say, oh, you know, you know, I knew something was happening with black people, but I wasn't sure. And I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure. The pandemic arrested all of us. It shut mm. everything yeah. down. Yeah. And so now we knew that you knew. Like we know that you know. Because, <laughs> you because we're, know, all, yeah. we're all staring at the same thing now. There ain't nothing else to watch. But this man being suffocated to death on TV, all right? Like my mom, my mom's Niger- from Nigeria. My mom was like, I have seen chickens killed with more mercy than they mm. killed George Floyd. I have seen chickens killed with more mercy. We watched it. And then I waited because all the well-meaning white people who were speaking a really good game, not all of them, but a whole lot of them, especially those in the church, three weeks Three weeks of black people acting out, rightfully so. You know, he wasn't such a great guy after all. Yeah, here he comes, yeah. There's something about a pregnant woman, I'm not sure. Tucker, what did Tucker say? Oh, yeah, 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 gun, pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah, fentanyl. fentanyl. They come up with words. It's just one person says it, and it's machine. And, And I just watched white people, white Christians, People who I had stood next to on in worship teams post the most vile things I have ever read about someone who we just watched die with less mercy than they killed him. And so for me, this became real in a way that I had not anticipated. My project did, and um, and so that is the energy with which I am developing these works now. And that is the energy with which I'm developing this other project the, in my other studio, my other, my other room, uh, studio room now, which directly addresses the January 6th insurrection. Um, I do believe that these two projects are, are, are one and the same. Again, I just did it. I, I did it. You don't know how you're going to react. The January yeah. 6th insurrection happened. And I just was paralyzed with like amazement. I was like, "Yeah, I was the same people? way." What? <laughs> and the thing is, it's like we all knew. Yeah. But I was like, "Wow, this is fascinating." It was. I feel like I was watching the Discovery Channel like during Shark Week. <laughs> I was like, "So this is how this hey, is hey, how yeah. this is how a great white feeds on a shoal of fish." And so I'm watching the insurrection and I'm like, wow, yo, they went in, yo, they got the flag. <laughs> yeah, I was texting, I was texting my wife. I was texting my wife, like, look, they in there, they in there, they in there. Look at them, look at them, look at them. <laughs> I was like, yo. And so I, I, why am I saying all of this? How does this answer your question? This is, this is the temperature of my work right now. Um, it is analytical. It is documentary. And, um, and it's collaborative. You know, I don't believe that this, this kind of project can be done, you know, by my voice alone. I don't, mm. I don't believe that, 
uh, I, I believe the reason why the Lord allowed um, created harmony, you know, in music, uh, uh, harmonic scales and whatnot is because we're not supposed to be alone. And some of the most amazing things that are created are not created by oneself. You right. need a team. And so I feel like I'm building a team right now to just tell this story, even if this is just for documentary. If it's just so that someone in 10 years, you know, decides to just, you know, to someone to say, that, you know, this didn't really happen. They're already saying that now, right? I, yeah, they I are, am yeah. now, It didn't happen the way you saw it, yeah. Right, right. This is where, once again, I feel like who I am as an art historian and as an artist have come together again. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm a historian. Let's stop, stop that. I can write. So I'm going to write, I'm going to document, you know, and we're going to do this with art. We're going to do this with music. We're going to do this with writing. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. So you're so uncomfortable that you vomit. And then we're going to document this. We're going to document the vomit because, because this is all part of it. And I'm realizing that the big deal in the project I'm working on right now is that I'm not, this is like for the first time. I think that I am not excluding my feelings from the documentary of the project. So mm. the project itself stands for what it is, but it's also a diary. Who I am absolutely matters in this. Who I am as a black Christian man matters in this. My voice actually matters in all of this. My feelings, my anger, my rage, uh, my discomfort, all of those things are going to be part of this. And it can be those things, and it can still be documentary. And so and I, I, I'm arriving in an interesting place. I, I, I don't know what happens with it. I have no – look, there, I don't know where it's exhibiting. I, I, a, uh, there, there is a gallery in the area that is going to be exhibiting a portion of this, but this feels like a really big project now because because of this – because of this insurrection portion of it, that's where the angels, they're all part of this now. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of um, mind blown and humbled by the, by the idea itself, how it's developed. Right. And, um, and I don't feel like my little brain um, could have come up with this alone. And so I feel like this is, I feel like this is something that the Lord wants me to work on right now, and it's overwhelming, but I feel like I can do it, so I'm working on it. Oh man, that's that's amazing, yo. That's that's a that's a project for you, like you yeah. know, when, when, you, when you start getting going, man, you start getting those vibes like that, and you think about it and how big it could be because you can write, so it could be a book to go along with. Uh, yeah. a show that goes along with a, a documentary video that can go along with like you know, it it can completely expand, man. And your drawings yeah. are fantastic. I don't even feel like we talked about the drawings enough. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I'm a rambler, by the way. I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, it's good. Nah, I love it, man. I love it, man. Well, that just means we got to bring you back to the show, man. That's all that means. Well, I would love to have a conversation with you about the project some, maybe sometime in the fall when I'm yeah. in the heat of it. Um, I would love to, I would love to unpack this with you. Um, to some degree, and I don't know how um, images can be used, but I would, I would, oh, well, I yeah, would, we'll get it together. Yeah, we, we, we can talk that. about that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but now, you know, tell everybody where they can find all your work and all the good stuff. Man. Sure, sure, sure. Well, um, you can find my web, my website is just com or um, um It's under construction now, but um, it's going to be done pretty soon. It's, it's up, but it's going to be redone. Um, pretty soon. So I am Ima, I A M I M O <laughs> dot com, or just my first and last name dot com. And also I am on Instagram. You can just find me there at, uh, uh, you know, at Ima Ime, I M O I M E H, at Ima Ime. And um, I think those are the two main things that I'm on right now. Uh, I'm very searchable or locatable, as I say, or findable. So if you put my name in, I, I think I might be only, <laughs> the only one. Yeah, he's the only one. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to pop up. You know, I, um, I'm relatively friendly. So um, if I see your message, I'll try to hit you back. 
this has been this has just been a wonderful thing. Uh, Brother Barbara, thank you for creating um, a space for artists to speak. I, it's so cliche now to speak their truth. I got to find another way to say it. But thank you for creating yeah. a space for artists to speak um, to speak. And thank you for creating a space um, for artists to be learned and to know you. Um, and for this kind of therapy, this is you. I think you, if you don't see what you're doing yet as the Lord's work in terms of it being therapeutic, you may need to change that because this is this was therapeutic for me. And I appreciate you and everything that you're doing with all of your gifts. And I'm looking forward to a lot more in terms of conversation um, with you. Ah, man, I appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, brother. All right. Thank you so much. And that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the Bay. Big thank you to Ema for coming on the show, dropping them gems on us. Be sure to appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Surprise guest. <laughs> it's not even worked out all the way yet, but we'll be back. I promise you. More Studio Noise coming at you. And to all my artists out there, schedule a critique. Bring somebody else in outside your practice. Don't stay holed up. Let people in. And you'll get it done. I promise you. It's the noise, baby. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast.